You know, I feel sorry for the people that don't have this service, that are not watching us uh, all across the world, because we have information you're not going to get anywhere else. All right. And with the election coming up next Tuesday, you need that information. First of all, uh, did you see the interview with Tony Bobulinski uh, last night on Fox News? Um, you may not have heard about it because it was totally blacked out by all the media in the United States. I've never seen anything like that, where 100% of the corporate media black out Tony's interview. Now, who's Tony? Well, he was Hunter Biden's business partner, and he's the guy that knows all about all the tens of millions of dollars that flowed out of Russia, Ukraine, and China into the pockets of the Biden family. Now, that's true. It's not made up. It's not a Russian plot. It's true. That happened. So you would think that maybe the corporate media want to know a little about this, right? So here's what I am told, and this is not exclusive. This has been reported this morning by a few conservative news outlets. So the people advising the Democratic Party, the political action committees, basically put out the word to Disney and Comcast, to CBS, to AT&T, CNN, to all of them. If you cover this Hunter Biden story, you are not going to have access to the new Biden administration. Direct threat. Went right out. Now, your CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, you need access if Joe Biden wins because the news audience is going to shrink and shrink fast. Nobody's going to be on the edge of their seat, all right, wondering what Joe Biden is going to do on Thursday, okay? The Trump show leaves town. Those networks, those cables, they're in trouble. You wait and see. Okay. But you do want access to the president and vice president if you are running a television news operation. And if you cover Tony Bobulinski, you're not going to get it. You see it? Now, this is an enormous story in a republic, in a country that's supposed to have freedom of expression and freedom of the press. Are you going to see this story covered? No, you're not. And another thing, on Sunday, I am going to predict, and I hope I'm wrong, that the New York Times and or the Washington Post will drop a story, an anti-Trump story, in their Sunday editions that has a sensational aspect to it. So they can dominate Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in the news cycle about Trump's the devil. I told you I believe they're holding stories back, and I think they'll drop on Sunday. They have to. They're going to drop it Friday night. They're not going to drop it Saturday, Sunday. Now, I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see, right? Okay, so I was looking into this uh, Bobulinski thing. I watched the interview. I didn't learn anything. I already knew what he was saying, uh, and we had checked it out independently here on the No Spin News, and we know it's true. All right, the hard drive is true. The emails are true. Now, Hunter Biden derived tens of millions of dollars uh, from foreign nations, and so did Joe Biden's brother. I think his name is Jim. They both did. Well, we know it's true. So Bobulinski is basically saying, okay, uh, I was involved, and this is what happened. 
Um, but Joe Biden is the mystery man because we don't know if he got any money. You just don't know. Now, that should have been the lead on the interview. It was not. If I had been doing the interview, it would have been a different story. So the headline becomes Joe Biden said he had nothing to do with his son's business dealings abroad. And that's simply not true. He knew about them. I don't know whether he encouraged them. I don't know. But he knew about them and he says he didn't know about them. That's the headline. That's the story. That's it. So my question is, where's the money? So uh, Forbes did an article on October 22nd, tracing the Biden finances since Joe Biden left the vice presidency four years ago. He and his wife have made $17 million, but it's accounted for. He did that through speaking engagements, and you know that's very lucrative. He did that through book contracts uh, and a few other things. So over a course of four years, he made $17 million. Not out of line. Remember, Gerald Ford was a poor boy in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he wound up with a mansion in Palm Springs, California. How did that happen? Well, he was on the boards of all these corporations. That's how it happened. But anyway, um, I told you about a guy who approached me who has the uh, hard drive, and he does. We checked him out. So where's the money? You know, if it went to Joe Biden, where is it? Because if Joe Biden got money and didn't put it on his tax return, it's a felony. So I don't know. But surely this story should be reported, and you, the American voters, should know about it, right? Okay, so we're not going to have any resolution to this story by Tuesday. That's not going to happen. Thus, it doesn't become a driver of votes. The driver of votes is COVID. But here's something really interesting. President Trump is hit on a theme that's helping him on COVID. So you remember, I told you, if Trump loses, it's because of COVID. If there were no COVID, Trump would have just gone in on a hot economy and wiped Biden out. It would have been not even close. Now it's going to be close. All right. So COVID has got a lot of people frightened. But what the Trump people have done, his campaign has done, they've said, Biden's going to lock down a country. Biden's going to make it 10 times worse. All right. So there's there's dueling sound bites because the Biden's people go, it's all Trump's fault. All the dead people is because of Trump. He did it. <laughs> you know, we've pretty much discredited that, but that's the line. So let's start with Joe Biden first. Go. The fact is that when we knew it was coming, when it hit, what happened? What did the president say? He said, don't worry, it's going to go away. Be gone by Easter. Don't worry. The warm weather. Don't worry. Okay, so it's Biden is saying it's Trump's fault. But Trump is now turning the thing around, the COVID thing around, saying Biden's going to kill you by locking down the economy. Roll it. This election is a choice between a Trump super recovery and a Biden, in my opinion, this is going to happen. I hate to say it. Depression. You're going to have a depression. And your 401ks, does anybody have a 401k? Throw them away. <laughs> They're not going to be worth it. It's a choice between a boom and a lockdown. Okay, so you see how it's lining up, right? Biden, Trump's the devil. He killed everybody because of COVID. Trump, Biden's going to destroy all your financial 
stability. That's helping Trump. So Rasmussen today comes out. They got Trump ahead now. He was behind yesterday. He's ahead by one. But in the job favorability, according to Rasmussen, and again, they were right four years ago and everybody else was wrong. Okay. Five. Trump's up five in job favorability today. So go to the Rasmussen website. You can see for yourself. The basically, they are um, pretty fair in, in who they're asking. The others, and I have this somewhere, and I hope I, uh, yes, I do have it. Let me pull it out. This is, a, this is a little out of order. So this is fascinating. So Rasmussen's got um, 1,500 likely voters every day, and they're different voters. All right. Republican 33, Democrat 37, four-point gap. Okay, that's what they all do. Other 30. 52% of likely U.S. voters now approve President Trump's job performance. It's way up. All right. 47% disapprove. And on the uh, who's going to win, as I said, Trump's ahead 48 to 47. Today, it's going to be different. However, the Economist, aha, the Economist. I used to subscribe to that magazine because it got great information. It's a global magazine, but they went so far left. It's out of Britain. But they do a poll. It's got Biden 54, Trump 43. A landslide for Biden, 11% gap. But if you look at the methodology, they asked 39% Democrats, 29% Republicans. It's 10 down. And they don't tell their readers that. So what do you think you're going to get? When you got 10% more Democrats than Republicans in your survey of 1,365 likely voters, that's called a push poll. The Economist, come on. But people don't know that because Drudge just puts it up. He doesn't put the methodology up. And oh, look at this, Biden's gonna win by 11. <laughs> so dishonest. All right, back to COVID, all right? Because we're honest. Hey, you guys know that. You wouldn't be paying money to watch me if we weren't honest. Okay, so this it's up. It's 70% now a day of new COVID cases. Yeah, testing's up, but 70%, 70,000 new cases a day is a lot. However, hospitalizations are down big. So you're getting it, but you're not going to the hospital. And deaths are down by a half from April. So even though there are record numbers of new COVID cases, deaths are 50% down. So this just tells me that the, the treatment and the process is much more orderly now, and the medical world knows what it's doing. But a lot of cases, there's more than 9 million cases in the USA. Deaths, 232,000, most of them over the age of 65. Um, So Donald Trump, that was smart. I mean, I've been critical of his campaign. They've been lost. But it's smart for him to say, this is COVID's going to end. We're going to get the vaccine. But if you elect Biden president, your 401k, you can kiss it goodbye. Now, I don't know if that's true. Nobody does. We're going to talk to an expert in a minute about it. So I'm bringing in my best guy, Alex Green, who uh, is a chief investment strategist for the Oxford Club. Now, you may know that I've done business with uh, Alex. I've interviewed him a few times in uh, webinars, okay, 
The Oxford Club, I have been there with them since 2003. They've done very well for me. They do advertise with us, full disclosure. Okay, but it has nothing to do with me selecting Alex Green to be a guest tonight. I just know that Alex Green is pretty smart about these matters, and I want to hear his opinion, and I think you would be wise to listen to it as well. So, Alex, uh, did it surprise you uh, that market's having a terrible week? Uh, well, I mean, the, the, what the market does always surprises me because uh, – it's it's impossible to know the news before it comes out, and you, you kind of put your finger on it uh, in in the opening here. The coronavirus cases have spiked, and people were feeling that we had it under control. Now there's some concern. Germany's uh, closing restaurants and bars again. Is it going to happen in the United States? Are we going to have another uh, economic lockdown, which Biden seems to favor if the epidemiologists tell him that that's what we should do. He's ready to go back into a closure. <clears throat> and so there is some nervousness about the spread of the coronavirus. There's some uh, nervousness, obviously, about the election. The outcome is totally uh, unknown and may not be known even after Tuesday's results come in for weeks. And that's, you know, the market hates uncertainty and that creates a lot of uncertainty. So, so yes, there's a lot that the market's chewing over, but I, I probably should begin by saying, you know, we had a 64% rally from the March 23rd low to the September 2nd high. And so it is natural that the market would consolidate those gains, digest them over a period of weeks. And so there's some of that going on as well. Okay. Now, you would think that the corporations and Wall Street would favor Donald Trump because he's going to keep uh, the taxation where it is, where it, whereas Joe Biden, making no uh, disguise, he's going to raise corporate rates about 7%, and rates for affluent Americans are going to go up a lot. You're going to pay more for Social Security taxes, more for capital gains taxes. So you would think True. that Wall Street go, you know, we don't want this guy because he's going to get us back into the Obama economy that really wasn't very vibrant. But right. it doesn't seem to be playing out that way. No. Well, first of all, you're right. Although I would dispute when you raise the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%, it's more of a 40% hike in rates rather than a 7% hike in rates. So it's pretty dramatic. Um, but it's true, if, we, if, if Trump wins the election and we have a Republican Senate, because the House is safe in Democratic hands, um, then we'll return to the pro-growth policies that Trump instituted in the first two years of his presidency. Um, but if we have a Trump presidency and a Democratic Senate, or a Biden presidency and a Republican Senate, we're going to have gridlock because the parties are going to continue to oppose each other. Not much will get done, and there's only so much you can do by executive action. However, if we get a Biden win and a Democratic Senate, then I think that is kind of alarming because then there's no break on, I think, the worst impulses of the far left as far as regulating the economy and raising taxes and passing uh, really anti-growth policies. You know, the far left talks a lot about redistributing wealth. They, they don't talk at all about creating wealth as if it just appears out of nowhere. But anything that the government does to make it easier to start a business or expand a business is clearly a positive for the economy because to just take tax rates. If the, if the corporate tax rate is low, that means corporations have more money to expand, more money to hire, more money for capital spending, more money for research and development, more money for wages. And if you raise taxes, you take those things away. So it's Yeah, but so it's they're not paying their fair negative. share. They're not paying their fair share. But look, I, I agree with you, which is why I get your stuff. 
if I didn't agree with you, I wouldn't subscribe. All right. So I agree with you. But there are a lot of Wall Street fat cats supporting Biden and Harris. There's a lot of right. Wall Street money going into that campaign. So I'm going, aren't you betting against yourself? You Look to the capital gains. I'm just a simple man and a simple investor. Okay. I'm not going to pay 50% in New York and to be higher than that when I have right. a stock that makes me money. I'm not. I'm not going to invest in stocks because it's not worth You're- it. It's not the risk reward plummets. So now, if you hold a stock for more than a year, a long term cap gain, what is that? 14, 15% in that range? It's going to go up to 50 to 60%. I'm not going to buy right. stocks. You have to be out of your mind to do that. No, Biden wants to take the top capital gains rate to 39.6%. You'd add on an average 6% state income tax. You're in New York. It's even higher. Um, And I don't know a single investor who's looking forward to forking over over half of their gains to the government every time they lock in a profit. But that's what we're looking at if Biden and Harris get their way as far as the tax rates go. And it it is a simple matter of what's positive for the economy. And even though the, the... huge spending plans. Uh, if, again, if we have a Demo- if we have a Biden presidency and a Democratic Senate, and there, of course, the Manhattan Institute uh, has totaled up all Biden spending proposals. They come to over $11 trillion over the next right. decade. And there are some investors that go, oh, look at this stimulus. You know, obviously the, the Democrats wanted uh, $3.3 trillion in stimulus. Uh, I guess following Rahm Emanuel's um, mantra that uh, you never let a crisis go to waste. And isn't that not surprising that the things they want to spend on are all the old progressive policies that they wanted sure. to fund anyway. It doesn't have to do with direct relief for COVID. All right, final question for you. So I depend on you for guidance in, in these stock matters. Are you going to change your view of the stock market if Biden wins and the Democrats take the Senate? So all Democrats now in Washington, they're going to run wild to fund all of their programs, the Green New Deal and everything. So I'm going to get hit every which way. So you're my advisor through your newsletter. Are you going to change your strategy? Right. Well, first of all, it's, it's not possible now to even know how the election is going to turn out. And as I said, if the Senate stays in Republican hands, even if we have a Biden presidency, his, his worst ideas will not become yeah, long. that's a bulwark. We know. But I do advise investors generally not to let their politics run their portfolio, uh, because if you look at the economic backdrop, we have low inflation, zero interest rates, cheap energy, rising corporate profits. We, we're going to have a vaccine if, within a matter of weeks, within a matter of months. Millions of Americans will be vaccinated. Things will return to normal. So, so whoever's president is going to inherit those good things. So I wouldn't tell anybody to, to cut and run to cash uh, in the event of a Biden presidency because we do have a we have a great country and a strong economy and a favorable economic backdrop. So I wouldn't suggest that anybody run their portfolio based on what how they think the election might turn out. All right, Alex, we really appreciate it. Thanks once again for helping us out. And Thanks for uh, having stay well, stay well in Virginia. So, of course, everybody's asked me who's going to win, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. And I continue to do a lot of radio across the country uh, in support of Killing Crazy Horse, my best-selling book. And I like to do that because, number one, we have a tremendously successful radio franchise 
Um, we do an update, a news update a la Paul Harvey every day. And number two, I get to talk to the uh, news people uh, at the stations and the hosts, and I get the feel of what's going on in their neighborhoods, which is important to me. So anyway, everybody's asking me uh, on WABC in New York uh, today, Bernie and Sid, my buddies, uh, I told them that I have come to a few conclusions, but on Monday, I'll have to give you something, but it's all about Pennsylvania, and boy, oh boy, you know, that one is a toss of a coin at this point. So trenchant analysis, you know, intelligent analysis, very difficult in situations like that. I'm not whining, not making an excuse. I can say for certainty that Joe Biden will win the popular vote because of California. It looks like California will break four to one for Biden. And that's an enormous amount of people as it's the nation's largest state. Fifty five electoral votes immediately go to Joe Biden. All right. So um, he will win Biden the popular vote. You take California out of the equation. Trump overwhelmingly will win the popular vote. And I believe that Donald Trump will carry 70 percent of the individual counties across the country. Seven out of ten. Now, mark that down. That doesn't mean he's going to win the election, all right, because there's so many electoral votes that Biden just has in his pocket. New York, all of New England. I don't think Trump's going to get a single vote in New England. I think New Hampshire will go for Biden and Maine, all right? Um, So, I mean, that's a slew to start off with. Yes, Donald Trump starts with most of the South and a lot of the Midwest. Uh, Texas, I believe, will go for Donald Trump. Arizona, I think, is going to stay in the Trump category. He won it last time. But here's one of my out-there predictions. I think Nevada is going to go for Trump. I think the lockdown in Las Vegas, which has devastated the workforce in that state. And Biden's going to keep things buttoned up for COVID. And the people out there know it. So that could go to Trump. He's going to need that. He's going to need that. Iowa is like this. But I'm going to go down uh, some of the swing states. Um, Now, all weekend long, beginning tomorrow, Friday, I will be tweeting throughout the days. So all you have to do is go to BillOReilly.com, and we have message of the day category there. My tweets will be in that category. All right, we'll refresh them every five, then we'll start in the cycle. But you'll be able to read them all. Because things are going to happen over the weekend, and I'm getting a lot of information in here. Uh, I was just listening to President Trump's pollster, and and he says Donald Trump's going to win. The Trump campaign thinks it's going to win, and the Biden campaign thinks it's going to win. But the Biden campaign is a little worried, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Um, All right, so Rasmussen, um, which was correct last time, has uh, the race of dead heat, Trump 48, uh, Biden 47. Um, So... Maybe Biden, 48, Trump, 47. I don't don't know. And, you know, it goes back and forth. Trump, 48, Biden, 48. But it's it's a tie. All right. And that's Rasmussen. And the daily uh, tracking poll with drop performance, though, continues to be good news for the president. 52% of likely U.S. voters approve of Donald Trump's job performance. 47% disapprove. That is a strong number for Mr. Trump. If it holds, if that number holds, I think he's going to win. Uh, what else do we want to do? 
Rasmussen, you know, when you're looking at the polls, that's fair. I'm going to give you the Investor's Business Daily poll. That's a lean left poll. They have Biden 50, Trump 45. All right. But it's a fairly close sample. On only 975 likely voters, however, whereas uh, Rasmussen is 1,500. So a much bigger sample. But all the left-leaning polls have Biden winning. Everyone. And the only ones that don't are Trafalgar, a right-leaning poll, and Rasmussen. All right, let's get to the swing states. So uh, Insider Advantage, we reported earlier this week, has Trump leading in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania by two. Everybody else has him behind by, you know, five, whatever. It's very, very difficult to call the Commonwealth because things are happening, like the riots in Philadelphia, and I'll get into that a little bit later on. And, and this kind of stuff creates this turbulence. Now, I believe there will be a drop by the New York Times and the Washington Post. Not the same story. But they'll do something in their Sunday editions so they can own the news cycle up until Tuesday, the vote. I could be wrong about that, and I hope I am. But my gut tells me there's going to be another drop. And that influences the last-minute voters, and there are a lot of them. I, we hear about the mail-in voting and all this. Yeah, a slew of them. But it's people who are going to show up on Tuesday. They're going to make the call. Okay, so the Commonwealth, Pennsylvania, if Donald Trump loses Pennsylvania, he loses the election. Got to win it. Um, Ohio looks to me like it will vote for Donald Trump. All right. Fox News poll, which hates (laughs) Donald Trump, has him up by three. And and I think it's going to go for the president. Wisconsin is another one. Trafalgar has got it up by one for Biden. Wisconsin. You know, if I had a bet, I'd say Biden's going to win it. Michigan. Now, here is a fascinating thing. So uh, the latest poll, MIRS, has got Biden 52, Trump 42, a landslide for Joe Biden. But if you look at the methodology, There are many more Democrats polled and only 759 likely voters in the poll. That's nothing. So this is a phony poll. But Drudge and the other pick it all. He's ahead in Michigan. But he's not ahead in Michigan, Biden, because he's going there with Barack Obama, I think, tomorrow. Now, Obama and Biden would not would not be going to Michigan. If they had it locked down by 10. Would not happen. So there's worry on the Democratic side in Michigan. That's another state that's so difficult, but I suspect Trump was going to compete pretty well in Michigan. All right. Iowa, uh, 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 I think Trump will squeak it out, but, and Joni Harris, a senator, she needs to win in Iowa. Well, Iowa, very crucial key state, um, even though it's a small state. And that's why President Trump had his uh, rally in Omaha, Nebraska, because that's right on the border of Iowa and all Western Iowa gets that. New Hampshire, going to go to Biden. All right. It's New England does not like Donald Trump. Don't know why, but they don't. Minnesota is going to go to Biden. So you can kiss those goodbye. 
Um, Arizona, as I said, going to Trump. So you can see, you can see how close this is. All right. How, how now I think Trump, as I said, is going to take Texas. I think he's going to win Florida. I think he's going to win Georgia. I think he's going to win North Carolina. So you're going to have that sweep up. All right. Of course, he's going to win Mississippi, Alabama and the southern states. So Biden's not going to win any of those. He's not going to get any of it. Missouri is going to go to Trump. All right. Kansas, Trump. Up, 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 up. But the big uh, northern plain states, the industrial states up there, you know, I think Biden will do pretty well up there in Wisconsin and Minnesota. And Nevada, as I said, is a key, 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 because that would overtake Iowa. If Iowa goes to Biden, Nevada, which went to Biden last time, would negate that. But again, we want Senator Ernst, who do not want the Democrats to be controlling the Senate. Um, because, again, if you put the power in the hands of the far left, this country is going to be dismantled. And I've said that. I don't want to be boring and say it over and over, but it's absolutely true. So Pennsylvania's got 20 electoral votes. Last time around, Trump got 48-6, Hillary Clinton 47-5. So you can see how razor thin it was. <clears throat> if Trump wins again, I think he'll win by a little bit more than that. Because I think people in... in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, worried about Biden and the energy and the fracking and all that. And Philadelphia, with all of the disruption and the protests and the violence, people in the Philadelphia suburbs, they can't be real happy about that. Um, Donald Trump today has two rallies, Tampa and uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay. Pence will be in Des Moines, Iowa. And then Reno, Nevada. So you can see what I said is just true by where these people are going. Biden's schedule today is uh, Broward County. That's Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Very Democratic uh, place. Then he goes to Tampa. Two rallies in one day. Now, this is really weird. So Kamala Harris isn't doing anything today. What is that? Does she have COVID? What is that? Kamala Harris doing nothing? Very strange. Kamala Harris is a dangerous woman. You've heard me say that more than one time. She doesn't believe in due process. She is as far left as you can get. That's documented. Okay? You cannot get any more far left than this woman is. She could be president because Joe Biden's 78 years old. Roll the tape. You're considered the most liberal United States senator. I, I somebody said that, and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage. But yeah. <laughs> so are you going to bring the policies, those progressive policies that you supported as senator, into a Biden administration? I will always share with him my lived experience as it relates to any issue that we confront. And I promised Joe that I will give him that perspective and always be honest with him. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? No. <laughs> no, it is the perspective of, of a woman who grew up a, a, a black child in America. So the laugh is like Hillary Clinton. It's not funny. No, that's funny. She is as far left as you can get, and, and Miss O'Donnell accurately pointed that out. 
That was an assessment by a nonpartisan group that evaluates senators, not Mike Pence on the debate stage. And Harris knows that. She just chose not to tell the truth. So, but she's laughing, this bizarre laugh, like, oh, no, I know. I mean, it's not funny, lady. If you're president, if you ever get there, you'll destroy this country. All right. Now, listen to this. So I'm coming out of mass on Saturday night. Catholics are allowed to go to mass on Saturday night. And I'm walking across the parking lot with my son. And uh, guy, wearing a mask, we all had masks, approaches, he goes, you're Bill O'Reilly. I said, unfortunately, that's my line. And he goes, I, I'm an investigator on the Hunter Biden case. All right. So I never saw this guy in my life, but he lives on Long Island. I said, well, that's interesting. He goes, would you like to see the hard drive that we have in our possession? And I go, well, maybe, but I got to take it step by step. I don't know you. And I certainly don't want to get involved with anything nefarious. But then the journalist in me kicks in. And I said, let's put me aside for a moment. On that hard drive, are you convinced that Joe Biden got money from either Russia, Ukraine, or China? Because those are the three entities that we know paid Hunter Biden. But that's established beyond any reasonable doubt. Hunter Biden made millions of dollars. No doubt about that. Joe Biden's father says he earned it legitimately. Fine. I'm interested in, did any of that money find its way into Joe Biden's pocket? This is my job. Okay. The guy says, we believe so. Now, this is not a law enforcement agency. I'm not going to tell you what the context was because it wouldn't be right to do that at this point. But it's not a law enforcement agency, but it is an agency that's looking into this situation. And I said, well, what's the evidence? Apparently on the hard drive, according to this investigator, there are references to Joe Biden, but he has a code name. And the code name is an upstate New York town where his mother was born. Or something like that. So there's a series of emails involving transactions of money that these investigators believe, and I can't vouch for them, involve Biden, and Biden has got a code name, Joe Biden. Okay. Then I say, well, what about the money coming into Hunter Biden's possession? Was that declared with the IRS? That's the key, because if Hunter Biden made tens of millions of dollars, as this man purported he did from the three, Russia, Ukraine, China, if that indeed happened, he'd have to declare it on his taxes, Hunter would. Or like Al Capone, he goes to federal prison. Guy says the money came through of various businesses. Okay, so the checks were made out to businesses, the wire 
transfers of money went into businesses. Okay, according to this stuff on the hard drive, on Hunter Biden's hard drive. Now, I don't know, and this guy didn't know. And I said, did the IRS know? He goes, I don't know. We don't know. Because the FBI, who's had the hard drive for almost a year, not saying anything, and we don't know if the IRS is involved at all. So there was some chat after that, which wasn't to the level that I just told you. And then I exchanged information with him, and I'll follow up. So the importance of this is, is so bizarre. This is so bizarre. And my son is saying, it like, <laughs> like this. He, you know, he knows what's going on. And so I checked the guy, and the guy's legit after I got home. And now I got a really good contact. But that's where we are on this. So Hunter Biden, if he didn't declare this money, he's done. Because they'll have to, even if his father's elected president. IRS have to track this. As far as Joe Biden getting any money directly, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just reporting what I was told. So the Hunter Biden story, um, you know, was suppressed. Obviously, we know that. And that is going to come back after the election to hurt the American media dramatically. But for now... Uh, if you went down to your local mall, if it's open and you said, hey, what do you think of Hunter Biden? Maybe a quarter of the people would know what you're talking about. Three quarters ago, Hunter Biden, what? Did, did Joe Biden go hunting? What? I don't know. Okay, so uh, President Trump is trying to get this into the national discourse. Roll the tape. Here's a guy gets caught and the media doesn't want to write about it. You know what they call it? Not freedom of the press, suppression of the press. We don't have freedom of the press. You know what? We don't have, you understand that? We don't have freedom of the press. We have suppression of the press. And there's never been a time when it's more obvious than right now. Is that right? Is that right, Charlie? Now, remember that soundbite. Because if Donald Trump loses, I'm betting he gets into the media and starts his own media operation. So the conservative media is uh, appalled and outraged at the corruption of the press. The problem is that it's mostly conservatives watching and listening to conservative media. It's not the general population, right? But the conservative media in this case is absolutely correct. Roll it. The money, the wire transfers, it's all chronicled now. A serious scandal, national security, diplomatic implications on a massive scale. You wouldn't know it, though, if you watch fake news CNN or MSDNC or you got your news from anyone in the media mob. Think about this. What if Donald uh, Jr. or Eric Trump or Ivanka Trump had even remotely uh, any kind of implication of doing this? The New York Times would shut down and run special editions. CNN would probably go wall-to-wall coverage with a clock in the corner. I mean, this is just crazy. And so we're having to talk about this because nobody else is talking about it. Twitter is censoring these stories. The press is saying this has been debunked without even investigating it. Why are they doing that? Why are they covering for this story? If this were the Trump family and this laptop had emerged, it would be all over the news 24-7. It's true. 
And I forgot this, but if Donald Trump is reelected, the social media companies like Twitter and Google are going to pay a price. But if Biden's elected, they will not. Now, National Public Radio gets taxpayer money. It's refusing to cover the Hunter Biden story. It admits it. We're not covering it. We'll take. If you think about uh, this story, uh, it was a story that relied upon emails that haven't been verified uh, from a laptop whose ownership has not been proven uh, to prove a meeting that has not been clearly proved to have taken place uh, and uh, was given to the computer repair shop owner uh, who couldn't then identify, even by the New York Post's own account, whether or not it was Hunter Biden who dropped it off. These are complicating. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. 90% of what that man just said is not true. Okay, now I'm not going to spend a lot of time on anonymous, but it's an amusing story. So uh, let's pick it up on September 5th, 2018. Okay. The New York Times runs a story, and the story says that President Trump is unfit for office, according to a senior official in the Trump administration. Whoa, wow. Who, who, who is that? Somebody in the White House? Wow. Who is that? And so the moniker on the story is... I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda. And the New York Times runs wild with it. And they dub the guy anonymous. Okay? And they say that the Times is taking the rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed essay. We have done so at the request of the author, a senior official in the Trump administration, whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. The New York Times knows who it is, but I'm not going to tell anybody. But it's a senior official. So it turns out that Anonymous is a guy named Miles Taylor, okay? And he wrote a book. There's Miles. He wrote a book, and people actually bought the book about how bad and how incompetent Donald Trump is. Who's Miles Taylor? Well, he worked for the Department of Homeland Security. He wasn't anywhere near the White House. Nothing to do with President Trump. He's a bureaucrat. <laughs> okay? So, CNN hired him, I guess a few months ago. And uh, after he left Homeland Security, Miles got a job with Google. I'm sure it was a high-paying job. And he signed on as a CNN contributor. All right? And here's what CNN said last night. You lied to us, Miles. You were asked in August if you were anonymous here on CNN with Anderson Cooper, and you said no. Now, why should CNN keep you on the payroll after lying like that? Because they have a whole bunch of other people who... No. All right. So why am I telling you this? Because it's just another nail in the coffin of the national media. You can't trust a thing they do or say, which is why my corporation, all right, BillOReilly.com, has exploded. You like me or not, I will never mislead you about anything. I will always report 
the news in an honest fashion. Okay, brief uh, final thought. As I said at the beginning of the program, we'll be tweeting throughout the weekend, uh, bringing you up to date on anything that happens. I also have my staff standing by in case a big thing happens. We'll come right up uh, and broadcast. And um, I want you to have a good weekend. I know a lot of people are very tense and upset. It'll work out. All right, whatever happens, meant to be. Um, we did a fatalism thing on that on the radio. I'm a little fatalistic. It meant to be. Okay, but I'm here. And I'm going to be here to guide you through whatever happens on Tuesday. On Monday, I'll have some more predictions, um, assembling information all throughout the weekend. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you then.